0: Are you passionate about social justice and ready to bring about real change as part of your life's work? Have you ever wondered how to bridge the gap between your unique gifts and the world's deepest needs? If so, then I want to welcome you to The Soul of Social Transformation, a podcast designed to help young adults explore vocational possibilities that bring to life our deepest hopes for healing our world. I'm your host, Gary Green, along with my co-host, Justin Sabia-Tanis. And we are excited to journey with you in this series of conversations that feature six leaders who have discovered and created ways to make meaningful change in their communities. They each bring a wealth of experience and expertise in addressing some of the most critical issues of our time, including racial and economic justice, mental health in marginalized communities, and justice related to native lands and indigenous communities. By highlighting their stories, we hope you will be inspired to find creative ways to translate your passion into concrete action for a better world.
1: Welcome. We're delighted to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> um, we're excited to talk about the, our episode tonight about spiritual practices for a revolution and the ways in which our spirituality contributes to our movement for social justice. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine anyone anyone better to talk about that and share, join joining this conversation than you. So uh I wonder if you uh, were willing to share a little bit of your vocational story. Sure. Yeah. You know, um this is really great because I, I was just talking about this
2: this morning and, you know, I... um I am, of course, from the um, Oglala Sioux Tribe in South Dakota, and I kind of over- think we grew up I'm like a bit of a wallflower, right? So I, I was, I was kind of bullied growing up. You hear me? Aces that area, in, once we moved off the reservation, we were very, um, we were in a very beautiful but uh, area in the Black Hills, but very white, and it was a struggle kind of during my time and even my early twenties, and so i became someone who was afraid to tell my story or be who fully who i was i was never i don't think i don't think i've ever been in a space where i could truly be fully me up until more recently with with the work i've done um, more recently in the twin cities and and so because of that i i i chose to be improved for youth and children so i've been in family ministry a really long time for over 20 years and, and I did that because I wanted, to, I wanted to be the mentor for those people that, you know, I could count on one hand, the mm-hmm. people that really um, in my, those moments in my life when I needed them the most, right? And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be that for other children and youth mm-hmm. growing up, especially with my experiences. And I was someone who was like, you know, my mother kind of explained in people that, that, that racism was kind of explained as people not being so nice. Right. Mm-hmm. So there there I, I, I didn't quite ever have that conversation. And so um, it wasn't until I got older that I realized the experiences I had were racism, you know, mm-hmm. and and it was it was hard. And I moved to the Twin Cities the my son was born and I'm a single mother. And my mother moved along with me and my older brother lives here as well. And and um, mm-hmm. we've always been a very close, tight knit family. I come from parents who divorced early on, right? And and um, I have like a number of siblings I'm so proud of to be a part of. And it's this it's it's all about an extended we we don't say extended family, right? They're my family, mm-hmm. and it's it's just kind of a very natural, native uh, outlook and philosophy in life. Mm-hmm. And so it's like all these things along the way. I grew up with, um, you know, I was always the only girl. And so it was always, um, I was always with the elders and they kind of raised me and and my community did in a lot of ways, the rest or those kind of things. And they decided when my son was born, I wanted to do something more and really solidify my life and, and you know, kids do that. <laughs> and so then I did and I went to seminary and I've been in seminary <laughs> because I've been here. Uh, this will be my eighth year at Luther Seminary. And and I started out with like, ah, children, youth, and family. I just want to do something mm-hmm. more, learn a little bit more, you know, grow. And then I started to find my voice, right? When you go to seminary and if you find the right mentor, mm-hmm. it really can help you go a long way in discerning who you are. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what it did. I started with that and then realized I want to get a PhD, mm-hmm. right? And I remember someone once told me, well, oof, it might be hard for you to go into ministry and do these things because you're um, a single that just listed these things and just kind of totally marginalized me into, and now not going to do it. And as I began to find my voice, um, I realized I'm proud of who I am as a native person. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was often told the way that I saw the world was not was not a Christian way. I, but then when I realized, no, it always has been. And like as native people, we've always we've always led a christ-like life that was not the problem with christianity right and and so um as i began to find that i realized there are other native people like me right and so i started taking all these experiences and and led me to getting my phd hopefully graduating in june (laughs) yeah i'm so excited but it was that right it was all those moments in my life and 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 culminating that and you know and then when um I kind of naturally walked into and met some amazing people in seminary that moved me towards understanding what social justice is and what racial justice mm-hmm. is. And I saw other people begin to speak up for themselves and people to speak up with me. And it was kind of a life changer for me. But I also started seeing things in ministry that, that you see church a different way. <laughs> And you just see it. So the it's like, wow And things started opening. And that's and and I started seeing things. And and for a while I, you know, quiet voice didn't say much. And started realizing, you know, I've I'm a healer in in my family. I'm I'm that's always what I was told I was going to be was a healer. And I always thought, ooh, that's gonna be like I don't like blood. I can't be under. nurse. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and then I remember somebody once told me he was an elder after my grandparents died. And that was my grandfather that told me this. And he said, I know why you're going to be a healer because you're going to bring people to Christ. To Ooh. And I held onto that because one, that wasn't something my mother and I ever talked about when people, right? And, and to have this elder to just state that, but it's always sat with me until recently with, with, you know, the murder of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in on a, a community, um, response, you know, um, rapid response team and they're like, Oh, we got to get people out there. You know, we got to get people on the streets. And I was like, Oh, that's, yeah, that's great. That's great. And I'm sitting there in a pretty sense, but... (laughs) What what happens if we send people out who aren't ready, like mm-hmm. you know, or they're going to create more trauma and harm? I'm thinking of myself and my experiences, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, then you go ahead and do it, and that's okay. And I ended up creating that the the um, Twin Cities Interfaith Movement javelins. right? Mm-hmm. And and it was just kind of a volunteer response for you know quickly, and then soon it morphed into something that was necessary, mm-hmm. right? And and it became this. It became this um, equipping menis- people in ministry, um, people of faith in how to, um, who were really wanting to be a part of community and, and and answer it in a way where they weren't causing more trauma, mm-hmm. that they were understanding, learning ways to understand the trauma and how, how their actions and how they go about it. And it was just this, it's the whole ministry mindset, this difference of that it's not about working order. Right. right that we want to be a part of community and the a community it's about relationship and meeting people where they are but what does that mean and so of this you know this list of things that we began to do and and it grew and I think um, about two months ago somebody counted up everybody that we that I trained and I will <laughs> tell my advisor this but I was going you know I think I did two trainings a day every day i for like five days a week and sometimes six. And I did that for about a month and a half. And it was just constant. So I, I ended up training over 400 people. And what people didn't realize was that the way I did my spiritual practice, the way I modeled how to go into the communities and all of that were the the wisdom and thoughts and philosophies of the local people that I was given to by my family, like, you know, that has come through generations. I just was like, not stating, like, hey, this is how we vote. It was just, this is who I am, and if people want to walk in this journey with me, I'm not. You know, I may not state that that is what I'm doing, but what people learned was a very uh, Lakota philosophy, kind of a Lakota way of life, mm-hmm. and and I saw a beautiful thing when that happened, and so I think that's kind of where I'm moving. Right? It's is I'm a new one of the first uh, Native women theologians in a number of years across denominations mm-hmm. and and that's great but sad. <laughs> sad. Right. But like how do I make a mark in this world and I and think that's it is to bring healing in the ways that I've learned. Okay. Um, and hopefully people
1: people will learn it and pass that along, right? One thing that you said with you know, saying that someone said to you, "Oh, you're a single mom, you're this that." But mm-hmm. thinking, but those are exactly the voices we need. Why would we want in ministry or why would we want in in public life people who who just represent it? A majority of you as opposed to um, yeah who who should we be looking to. So is it you know, that really struck me when you said right? that. It's like automatic kickbacks that you go into about like this fifties I idea, right. idea of a family
2: or a way of life, right? And it's like, oh this is not my life. Right. And I tried for a long time to try and fit into that mold and it's just not gonna happen. And 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 I am definitely not ashamed of being a single mother. Um, you know, I know I struggled in the beginning, but I'm not I am proud of who I am. And I think that is a big part in in the community I surround myself with, and how, how I was raised to see the world. And I was never shamed, you know, but it was when I moved to the larger world, right? <laughs> there were those things. But I think the people that I have met in the circles that I have been have not been those perfect, whatever the
1: idea of a perfect family is. Like for people to see themselves in. Yeah. It's, the, it's a spiritual leadership. Right? See themselves, their lives represented in a in a way with grace and blessing right and truly authentic way being holy ourselves right
2: fully yeah. who we are and that's and that is something i was never able to do until you know creating this beautiful community that i'm a part of and 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 showing people this is who god created me to be as a native woman right yeah. and and there are, i don't need to worry about I, am I supposed to be this way or that way, you know, or who, if that this is fully me. And when you're authentic in that, you show people, right. Mm-hmm. That, that ministry isn't about, it's not one person or another. We're such just beautiful, creative family of people yes. and it's, it's, it's so cool. And, but it's not everybody sees that way. So, <laughs> right.
0: so yeah, I just kind of want to pick up and kind of jump into the conversation now. Um, because you've shared a lot about your story, and it's been really refreshing. And one of the themes for tonight, and really what the thrust of this project in general has to do with is is trying to connect spirituality and social justice. Um, And part of our commitment in doing that has tried to be to to kind of broaden the way that we're inviting young adults to think about or define spirituality, what that even means, because traditionally, um, you know, it, sometimes it gets looped into particular traditions or you have to be this religion or that religion. Um, and so we wanted to kind of appeal to the spiritual but not religious crowd, but also those that are grounded in particular traditions. Um, and 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 so one of the things that I read about you and one of the things I've appreciated hearing you you share now is just about being a native theologian. Right. Um, that is rooted in a particular tradition that may or may Invite us to think about spirituality in particular ways. So, I, I was just wondering if you could briefly, sh- um, me, talk about your background or or how being grounded um, in native theology as a native theo- theologian, um, how that shapes the way you understand spirituality. And I'm and I'm asking this as a way to kind of get into the questions that'll that talk highlight the ways that you've been connecting that, basically. I'm really grateful for
2: that you know, um yeah you know, especially the area where we are, you know, um you know my colleague and friend Jim bear Jacobs I started doing the um sacred sites tours with him, and he does such an amazing job um at at storytelling and telling the history, right yeah. he tells the history but well, one one day we realized history is actually my family, you know, I right. was talking about my family and to be on this land where where when I say my grandmother, she's my three times great grandmother. You know where she was here. She was she was someone who was imprisoned in that internment camp. You know in in Fort Snelling, and my grandfather, her husband, and my uncle and other relatives were were um, a part of the those three hundred men that were imprisoned up you know in Mankato and two who were hung and and it's just this it's just this this connection that I have right and yeah. for some reason it I feel I feel so connected that I also have this I. I know I. I've always grown up understanding that that I carry their stories, right? Right. right. And in a native, in, in in a Lakota, um, a way of thinking is that you know we think about water, and people often hear you know we say that um, um water is life, right? And, and in in the Lakota phrase, we have our life, we have called matakiyewasing, which means we are all related and it's not just a phrase really it's 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 like a prayer it's a, it's a way of thinking a way of life and mm-hmm. and that is something that's been very natural to me because it was it was just always said and known growing up and and so it's this idea right that we are we know i mean god is so amazing you know for me that we are um, you know the earth is created of water we're created of water we are in you know our mother's womb for 9 months and and we're in that water, and we know now scientifically, water um, has memory, right? right. And and right. it carries those stories of your ancestors, and so that the way that we're created, right, or is in 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 that water being created and growing, and and those stories are becoming a part of who we are, right? And and then and then we're born in that. And then our story is released, and that story is released back into the world. Yeah. One way or another, it finds its way back, right? And we, we're baptized. For me as a Christian, we're baptized and not just into this into this community or family, right? But but that it's another reunion. So mm-hmm. all those people that are there and that are present become a part of your story, and then that being becomes released again, right? And it's yeah. just this yeah. beautiful way that I grew up knowing and seeing how how amazing God created us to be community, yeah. and and how we see the world and the understanding of you know that just how intricately connected we are, and it's this idea for me is that that you know we learn about creation, you know, and people often have this stereotype of native people in creation, and we have this in right, and it's it's not necessarily like that. It's about the understanding we have is that when we talk about creation, it's not just birds and bees or or the animals, and that it is, we are of creation. And, yeah. and we learned that it is not about this hierarchical that's responsibility, right. it's that it's a responsibility because we are family, it, mm-hmm. you know? And so when we say we are all related, it's that. And that is how I grew up, and that's how I see the world, right? And I always challenge the people I talk to and think like, what if, if you're listening to me mm-hmm. and you hear my story and how I see the world, that your 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 trauma is my trauma, your celebrations are my celebrations, and vice versa. If you mm-hmm. understood the relationship we, we are to be in, yeah, um, that yeah. that that maybe we would be able to. I mean, what would the world be like, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. that and and. And it's this—it's this idea of so I carry that. I carry that with me in how I look at things, how I approach my theology, and how I teach that. And it's not like we are all one per se. It's not that by any means because we're all created to be so different, and that's on purpose. And it's right, right. (laughs) right. But but it's like it's this—it's this mindset of I've learned how and what it means to walk in prayer daily. And that is through my actions, and and it's 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 how I treat people. It's how I see the world. And I'm not perfect, right? But it's it's understanding that relationship, and you just move and see the world differently. And I watch it in like my son, you know. And I'm trying to teach him the same way I was. And I love how he sees the world, right?
0: Because yeah,
2: he is sees. You know you are you are more than a friend, right? As soon as he meets you, and and you know, or if you asked him about his his grandfather John, right? He would start talking about him, and you would never realize that that's his four times great grandmother, right? <laughs> you know, and so it's about connection. For me, the spirituality that I grew up with is about is that connection, and it, then it's not so much a scary thing when you think of right. spiritual practice or what is right. spirituality to right. you know. It becomes such a natural part of, like,
0: for me, who I am. It, it feels much more like it, this is something. This is a nourishment that I need. Mm-hmm. This is not something that uh, you know. I'm, it's something external or something foreign that I'm doing. But if if spirituality is just kind of the kind of the fluidity of life that that just flows through all of us, mm-hmm. which I love that, by the way. Um, it's 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 naturally a part of everything that we engage and so one of the things i really appreciate that you said was that it's this happens whether we want it to or not these stories create realities they 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 show up whether we want them to or not because they are us they bring us um to different parts of life and um, I, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask and explore with you was just how you already see spirituality connected to social justice. But I think you answered that. But I am curious to hear, especially as you think about the kind of work that you do uh, with Twin Cities Movement chaplains mm-hmm. um, and and just engaging the world through this spiritual lens in in general. Well, what ways are you are you trying to help communities reconnect that, or or maybe become more? Uh, intentionally aware of the fact that spirituality is a part of social justice, inevitably, right? And and yeah, how do you see that either not being the case right now or, or trying to use movement chaplaincy to help people ground this work spiritually as opposed to just political, you know, yeah. the way that things typically get categorized?
2: Yeah, I hear you because I think that's, you know, when I first started, of course, it was all about just you know, teaching people like this is what trauma is, and this is how you go out and be in that space, right? I yeah. think it began. Then, as we started going out, I started seeing more of how people were struggling. Um, the the chaplains that would go out in 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 still in in how to be in those spaces. What does that mean? And and voicing that, and then and then how to carry the what they are seeing. Like you know, how do you carry and release that? I mean, it's a, it's a whole for me the way my spirituality it's just a natural it just interacts with who i am and the world around me and it's, at least the way i see it it's, it 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 it's taught me to kind of flip this idea of what what it means to be in these circles in in um, in social justice work mm-hmm. and in ministry whites right that that it's i remember someone saying oh, that's you know this this stuff though is not not necessarily a christian thing but even about that though, but yeah, I mean, we're out there, we're Christians, we're yelling, we're you know, we're, we're out. Yeah. I just always found that interesting when people would say, but you know, how do you it's it's about it's about that 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 transformation mm-hmm. that you get when you understand how we walk in the world yeah. together. Right. Yeah. And and so it was about teaching teaching um the chaplains also to understand, you know, our bodies, like God is so amazing in how we've been created, that our bodies actually tell us things, but we've learned to ignore it. And usually the ones that we pay attention to are the more toxic things, because that's our bodies, that's our trying to like protect us, right? And so it was was helping people, because that's a spiritual practice in its own, is understanding what your body is doing and telling you. Um, because you begin to recognize truly how you deal with things in the world, right? And situations, and you're becoming more one with yourself in a lot of ways, because you're starting to actually truly understand yourself. And, and you're, you're being more aware. And when you're more aware of yourself and how your body and how you react, you begin to see it out in the world. And it really helps then change you know, that whole idea, it just helps change how you interact with the world. Yeah. Um, but it's a scary thing, I think, when you, if you're, if you, for me, if, you know, as I mentor, I mentor a lot of seminarians coming in and out and then those kind of things. And, you know, the idea of a spiritual practice, especially trying to do one in the midst of, of a rally or a protest, <laughs> people are like, Right, but it, But if you if you teach them that it's a natural part of who we are, right. that in and you know, and the thing I learned about the interfaith chaplains was because of the people that we had coming in who were people of faith, not necessarily Christians. Right, it was like just a beautiful thing to see how each person, um, kind of molded and and brought in and learned and grew more. Um and it wasn't in that disagreement of, I, I don't believe in that or I this it was it was taking and and seeing like wow what you do um and how you see life or how how wow. how you walk in this world, it, it, it was such a beautiful thing. And then you see, you see people learning from that and growing. And it's and I think that's it's like this. So it was just this constant transformation, this constant movement of of. Being in the midst of, of that and and taking out that stigma of of spirit you know spirituality yeah. or yeah. the stereotypes and all of that and just seeing people just living who
1: they were created to be Sorry. and just walking in that. Oh, because I, I also think that, like the the importance that you like walking into those spaces with your body, mm-hmm. preparing your you know the the, yeah. the preparation has to include all of the. Because we're taught, I think, to walk into situations while ignoring our body, but our body is present there, and I think paying attention to that sort of holistic sense of, what does it mean to to bring our, you know, as you said, our whole selves into yeah. spaces?
2: Yeah, I think it is. It's it's because you're you go into these and and like I said, Bill, you know, there's toxic part of what our body tries to do to protect us, and that's often then what keeps us from being fully present, or right. or it makes us leave, right, or we get angry, or we begin to make these things personal and those right. kind of things. But if you right. learn how to, you know, and I think this is so important for you know, I say for for the seminarians that I teach that are you know going into become pastors or whatever it is, is is like it's it's important to know what your body is telling you going into these because like you you can cause trauma on other people, right? Yeah. and 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 so knowing how you feel knowing what is going on and how to have that conversation with yourself and then there and others that may be there with you um you're it's slowing that trauma-causing moments for us yeah yeah definitely (laughs) because we do it because we don't realize i've seen you know i've seen people and so it's 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 an amazing thing to think Okay, it's okay if you go into something and you see something, you smell something, you hear something that may trigger you, right? That's your right. body. Your body. You prepare your body.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, I love.
2: Yeah, You're more present,
0: right? You so spread. rich. I mean, you think about this. We we experience everything with our bodies through our bodies, right? It's, it's a prism of our existence, and, mm-hmm. and 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 we are spiritual. Right, and so the way you you're talking about this, even you know, caring for the body or or being mindful of the body, it makes me think about how, and this is strange because self care is something that has become it's it's unnecessary, but even even communities that 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 kind of do not think of themselves as spiritual uh, can identify with the idea of self care right and 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 so I'm thinking about in the way that you're talking about caring for ourselves in this way, it's it's a revolutionary kind of thing,, you know, unfortunately, in the society that we live in. Um, and so I, I, I'm curious because you know, we've been kind of reflecting on this in a theological, kind of deep way, but for for young adults who are just approaching this, um, thinking through spe- the specifics of spiritual practices, for example, or self-care, practices or strategies, particularly for those people that are engaged in social justice work, what are a few of the spirit sustaining and and, and energizing practices that you engage? And then how, how might persons who may not already know what theirs are begin to discover what are those spiritual practices that can sustain me as I am engaging in this critical work for change and social justice?
2: You know, I think I was one of those people. When you talked about spiritual practice, I I shut down because I, I remember me you know, too meditating, right? And it's yeah. like, wait, I'm not meditating. I'm creating my shopping list. Yeah, like, but <laughs> <because> it's, <no. laughs> it's those kind of things. Ah, like, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to read this book and I'm or I'm going to read this page and get something.
0: Have, nope, I'm still doing that shopping list. No, wait, I'm I'm right there with you, Kelly. <laughs> Selfishly, <laughs> I asked this question for myself all the time. <laughs> Why am I good? Thinking, Gary. I'm <laughs> learning. I'm learning now. Yeah.
2: and I saw that with like the the seminarians that you know the younger seminarians that I was mentoring was we'd say, okay, we're we're supposed to do a spiritual practice. Come with something, you know. And there was just no feeling. There was like I pulled a book out and I'm going to read this Bible verse, you know. And it was there was no connection. And and I think you know for me that's where I had to come to realize the teachings that I was always given and shown and just didn't realize. And that was that there are just, there are so many different ways, you know, that, that speak to me spiritually that I can do to center myself, you know? So I am, I am a person for me, I I take walks and I go in nature and I just start talking, right? But that is, that is my relationship I've always had. And that, that centers me and it's not, it's not something forced, right? And it was beginning to realize that that there are so many ways that we don't have to fit ourselves into these specific boxes or pull out a
0: word. Yeah. yeah and
2: that gives us a list of spiritual practices because sometimes I think that that even the you know when you say spiritual practice it really kind of freaked out the students I was that's with, right. That's right? right. So it's like what do you do to calm yourself down? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's I go to the museum. Yeah great right. go right. so it's those things because whatever helps you to recenter yourself. Right. right. Is um, you know, when we were in the in I'm gonna say in the field sounds such a bad player, but when we were out in the protests or whatever, it was, you know, one of the things I used to teach them though was, okay, help somebody recenter and say, you know, show me five things. You know, tell me five things you see right now, you know, a microphone, pen, phone, oh, computer. And and just like, okay, what are things you smell? And then and just go from there. Yeah. And it and it centers you and it's a quick one, right? Um, it's kind of quick, but but you begin to just notice Right. World. Right. 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 And that's the whole point of that. And that itself is a spiritual practice, I feel, yeah. because it is also, it is helping you to see the world around you. Yeah. It is recentering that it's not it's not all you, but you also realize you're not alone. Right. but It's not about you. You know, if that that situation something is really just pulling you up, right. And and your emotions are going. So for yeah. learning and teaching that these natural things that we do are spiritual practices. Um, you don't. We don't have to label it, right? But God is—it's just that awesome thing about about how we can find something that works for
1: us and connect. And there are so many different ways of doing it. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, even that connection to meaning, like making the grocery list, because it's a way of caring for the people that you love, that will bring food and sustenance into it. I think you know, for me, like once I started reframing those things, it's like, well, what? Am, why am I doing this? Was it mean? It becomes a spiritual practice instead of a mundane task. See, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: I'm i pro pro your was <laughs> <first, pro laughs> list. list. Yeah, I am. <laughs> this is so enriching because it, it almost takes the pressure that I think a lot of young adults, at least when I was. Well, I guess am I not a young adult anymore? <laughs> when I was, when I was uh, squarely in the midst of being a young adult, um, <clears throat> when I, even you know I was a, I was minister. And um, and leading a young adult ministry and still um, was thinking about spirituality and especially spiritual practices as something that you're trying to put on or get into. Right. Mm -hmm. And this way of thinking about. No, it's who are you as a human being? Tap into that um first and don't and not necessarily feeling tripped up by all of the 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 de- demarcations between traditions and all of these things that that kind of just makes the whole thing not authentic um and so i just mm. this it feels like this is something that <clears throat> excuse me a lot of young adults especially those that have been in different ways put off by religion but still value something bigger than themselves still want to tap into something deeper um would value this and understanding that whatever you already do <laughs> that grounds you that 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 centers you is a spiritual practice just as legitimately as something else um and so i i just i appreciate this um and i'm i'm curious to kind of Justin, did you want to pick up on that at all? Or
1: <laughs> no, I think I absolutely agree with that insight. That it's we get this idea that it's something you're supposed to take on, right? You know, that there's one way to do it as you fill out your prayer journal or whatever, like as, you know, other people tell you how you know this is what a spiritual practice looks like. Yeah, yeah
2: I read, you know, because like you know, I I love reading books, but you know, one of the books I I tend to stay away from our genre is those kind of things of spiritual practice almost, yep. because then I try to fit myself into that box of not saying that person and what they do is not, you know, and maybe in mine. Maybe you don't react the way I see it, you know, but for what I've cultivated for myself or how I teach is trying to actually just connect the person themselves with what they need and, you know, and, and not necessarily take, you know, um, you know, a 15 minute meditation or whatever, but, but what is it that, that, that your body is answering to mm-hmm. um, and, and recognizing it, from the past or from what you already do and yeah. connecting
1: yeah. them that way.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. That's easier. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, the, those, those tools could be great for some people or for some seasons of life, you know, and we should try new things. And at the same time, I think that we end up invalidating what we, what our spirit says is true for me, for ourselves. I think it's really helpful.
0: I'm thinking about the conversation we're having and imagining young adults listening to this and resonating with it and, being able to say wow okay that that makes sense and i can approach this this kind of work uh through a lens of spirituality <clears throat> but as you think about where the world is now and and young adults what are some opportunities that you see for for young adults to be able to perhaps do something um that we haven't already seen or you know i, I that might be a big question but I'm just curious about the opportunities that you see for this younger generation um, in terms of integrating spirituality and social justice.
2: Yeah, I think it's, you know, from my experience, and a lot of this was new for me as well. So it was it was kind of just you know, navigating and standing back and watching and listening to people, which is so important in social justice, right? And then when we find ourselves in movements and things is. Is um, we can easily flip it and make it about ourselves, right? And 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 and, and it happens because maybe somebody says something or, or acts in one way, and then you, just, you get upset. It's not about you, right? You know, it's, yeah. I always say that, to remember, if anything, you know, Q tip, quit taking it personally. Right? When you're hearing yeah. your things, <laughs> what you're seeing is trauma unfolding, right? Like that, what you're seeing is. If, if I were to be counseling somebody in my office and somebody started screaming and yelling and, and whatever, you know, or crying or whatever it is in these high emotions, more than likely, someone would say, okay, I need you to step out or you I mean, call the police or whatever, right? And, and so there are no spaces for people to be able to do that. That is what these rallies are. That is what these marches are, are spaces that freely allow people to let that trauma out because Mm -hmm. too often in our societies, right, we ask people to hold in that trauma, right? Mm -hmm. So the moment you ask them to stop and calm down, you're not letting them release that. So then we're we're making them hold it more, right? Mm -hmm. So it's causing more trauma because they can't. And so going into these spaces, understanding that, that we are community, how we are, re- how we are connected in community, and then come in with a mindset of healing, right? Not that, not not the idea of saviorism <laughs> that right. my presence is going to save you, because right. that's not what it is either. Right. It's the healing comes from understanding you, really understanding who you are, how you react. And then you go into that to support people. Yeah. And it's that idea of solidarity versus allyship, right? And I always say that allyship could tend to be this very um, um, uh, uh, performative mm-hmm. because it's easy to make it about you. And then the solidarity is about taking a step back, right. listening and learning, right? And then saying to the organizers, saying to those you know, in the space that always understand that you are that guest, Right. It's, I, think, I think to be involved in social justice and bring that spirituality is under, understanding how to be in spaces yeah. that, that, that the space wasn't made for you per se, that you are the guest depending on how you go in that role, and stepping back and listening and support in that way, and, and learning how to, to converse with people. And and because I think what I saw was at first people, when they saw the bright orange, not my first color, that <laughs> wanted the, the chaplain shirts, right. ah, that's what you get for free, right? No, but I'm grateful, <laughs> really grateful. But it was like, you know, people at first were like, what you mean chaplain? You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not religious or I'm not right. we need to know right. that's not why we were there. We weren't there to convert, right? We weren't, we prayed if people wanted to, because we, you know, or whatever, but we were there to just be... Um, to let people speak and if they needed to, to let people cry, to help people. Um, it wasn't our presence that was making it safe by any means, but it was about building trust and showing people what community could be. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think this is a new way of, and I mean, I don't know if it's new, but it, it is a way of approaching social justice. Yeah, um, and how we be involved is how can you, uh, teach or help people, or how can you yourself go into a space now? I mean, hearing some of this, you learn more and and how to be a part of that community, how you how you interact with people and where you're where you're understanding your full self and walking in that prayer per se, right. and you're going out there supporting, you know it's it's about being very intentional. Um, is who you are it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the boss to show the people walking down the street which direction to go or whatever you know because i think we automatically want to move to these things that that we're running the show or we're doing something what if you just let okay fine those people who are there to do that but what about how do you show people community yeah um and and it's amazing how many people will begin to walk up to you right um You become that person or knowing when it's time to leave, right? To people start calling and saying, Oh, wow, you know, which was what was happening. Mm -hmm. You know, when they asked us to leave, we would leave. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if they needed us there, we were there, you know, and it wasn't about us creating and molding that space. It was just being, you know, it's a whole different way for me of ministry in some of the ways, but I think it's moving within how our world is going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and
2: that's that's the most important. So you have to learn right. to get that, right?
0: That's right. In right. You know, thinking about young adults who, where our world is now, um, who want to, and especially when you think about wanting to find or create vocations um, that ground their justice work more spiritually, what would you think are maybe a few of the biggest challenges that young adults that want to do their work in this way? will face in this world currently
2: well i think the the biggest challenge is because we are coming into or we are in a world now where there are a lot of people also that feel that they can push back they can be unfortunately belligerent or Mm -hmm. just and that's hard um and and i always say you know first is to before you meet those challenges one prepare yourself right and do that body work and understand and start that i know it sounds silly to some people but it really helps you yeah. move differently in 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 kind of the toxic part of social justice. Yeah. But then it's creating a little bit of that community of people, not all yes people, right? Because how boring would that be <laughs> if, if everybody <laughs> yeah, agreed I with that. you, right? I'd love to have a little bit of a challenge, but that's the other thing. That challenge is understanding that more than likely. Somebody's gonna have, not gonna see things the same way you do, believe things the same way you do, speak the same way, whatever. Um, and that's okay. That's a part of who we are, even if it's something that's far from what you believe. It's about, um, you know, being, teaching people to be respectful, teaching people how to walk into those situations. And those challenges are hard because we want to make it personal. That toxic part about our body that I spoke about is that's a natural reaction. To yelling back, to yeah. pushing back, right. right? How do you stop yourself? In a, in a sense, how do you control that? Um, understand that, but 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 not make something about you. Because when you go into social justice and you're you know are a racial justice, or you're out there on the streets or whatever that is. Pretty sure you're going to hear something or someone say something you that triggers, you, that, okay. that gets you mad, that whatever, right? And you're going to start making it about you, yeah. and and that's that's the whole challenge is how do you navigate around that and then if it's it may not be something that's critiquing you but it cuz me typically i think i'm learning in social justice it's usually about the system <laughs> right. right that that anger that sadness that whatever is not necessarily you you may represent something in their eyes it's that's not right. you and right and that's that whole thing of taking it personally so the challenge is Learning how to navigate that and control yourself, right? Because, and it's not saying keep it in, right? There are, that's where the, those spiritual practices that, you know, those releases are. Conversations are important. Yeah. But it's, it really is understanding and learning those challenges and how, how you will react. Yeah. Um, it, it is. It's, 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 we, I don't think we've taught that. Very well, in at least seminary, a lot of the seminars are classes
0: I've been I agree. On. I right? agree with that. And that's powerful. Um, yeah. I mean, the transformative power of that, of even just being mindful that someone's reaction to you, I mean, that that was rich. Someone's reaction to you, as a young Black man, I understand this, trust me. Um, they might see you as something and it might have nothing to do with the person that you are. But the transformative possibility of that moment of encounter, if you are someone who is in touch and obviously you want things to go safely, but just the possibility of not reciprocating the energy that they might be giving you and not really understanding why right, and how that could disrupt what was going to happen. And, and because you see so much of the back and forth. And social justice work now, and it's it's compulsory, it's reactionary oftentimes, and it's representative, like you said, of systems where if we as as human beings become grounded in in our spirituality and our humanity, there's just a lot of transformative power in becoming aware, even just becoming aware.
2: Yeah, I think, and that's the thing, you know, and I think that's that's. That, and I think we are we are beings who want to connect. And so we try to, like, hear someone's story, right? And I'll share something, and then they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, That's a grandma. Scary. And they are like, whoa, 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 stop. <laughs> you know, yeah. because because try just listening, right? Yeah. Try just listening. And if that person is yelling at you, let them yell. You know, there are safety things that, you know, I teach.
0: Right. Try
2: just because a lot of times we also may not see that person again right yeah. so it's we we don't there's there's a connection but not that you know th- th- there's a difference between how we connect with people right but it's it's about learning that let our stories be our stories and yeah. don't try and change that by connecting yeah. <laughs> you know grandma <laughs> joe to to the, the the hanging of my grandfather you know right. that's not okay right. so um it's those kind of things that we yeah we just learn to authentically be in that space and it's for me as a person of color or an ethnic person or, or however is um is that when i see someone actually trying to do some work to be authentic about how they are trying to react you can tell the difference by someone yeah. right so if you truly want to approach this in a way that is bringing healing and reparations you know then then it's about that you doing the work right. first right. um and then i i myself will begin to see it i'll see it yeah when you know when you know and and i can tell when people are not, not true to what they're doing right yeah. Yeah. um and i think that's the other thing about social justice is you need to understand that
1: <laughs> yeah i also rec- i've also learned to recognize that the person yelling on the street is telling me a lot about themselves mm-hmm. and very little about me mm-hmm. um you know, so it's it's not just about me. It's also like, why are you choosing to be in this space, and what is this revealing about you? Which helps me see them as a person, right? And and makes it less personal, personal for me. But that's you know, that's I think that's a tremendous. I, I think you raised that right, like right this balance between safety and then also what, what does it mean to pay attention to that? But I'd love to hear your thoughts about. We're all faced with so many issues that are of urgency in relation to justice. Uh, right now. And if someone's saying, you know, how do I, how do I decide if I'm, if I'm going about this as, uh, you know, avocation where I put in my volunteer hours or I'm going at this, uh, at a career that I can't, there's so many things that I think urgently demand our attention. How might our spirituality inform someone to say, oh, I'm going to go into environmental work. We recognize that these things are overlapping, but on the other hand, if we spread ourselves too thin in every movement, (laughs) then we're also not fully, fully Putting our weight behind it, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. you know, how, how might we balance those things or pay attention to what is our work to do?
2: You know, I, I was learning that myself, right? Because, you know, as for me, um, environmental justice is a big thing for me. Uh, and it's important, right? And racial justice and, and you know, a lot of things connect. Absolutely. Like, you know, being out on the streets in these movements and these, all these different things um, were so important to me. I found myself, like, going out and trying and doing... And I finally stopped to say, where, what are my gifts? What is and I bring to the table? And, and I feel that everything is really, there are a lot of things, these things are connected, right? This, in social justice-wise, my circles, I have people, we're all in one circle, but yet we are all doing all these amazing things. And, and so I had to find what it was I brought. What were the gifts that I have? And then really looked at it and didn't try to force myself to continuously do, you know, go to line three and do the art learning. But it was, where is it? And my gift is teaching. You know, my gift is, 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 is showing people this is how I move in these circles um, as a person of faith, right? And and in, in my spirituality and how I walk in the world and for me it was that that niche was the teaching part of it mm-hmm. and it, it began to naturally fit i was less stressed in the sense of like right. trying to put all these things on my schedule yeah you know um and and so it may not be that that you know even you, you, you don't force yourself into something right mm-hmm. it may be that um it may take some tries though too i mm-hmm. think until you really realize this is that spot yeah. right um yes. this is Maybe it's with a company, maybe it's maybe you know, or an organization, or maybe it's you making your
1: path mm-hmm. right.
2: and your voice heard, which is what I've done. Right? Is is I just created that path. That's right. And all of a sudden, things started falling, you know, into place.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so,
2: because when it becomes natural, when you understand you, you're comfortable. It's authentic. It's That's not pushed. And then those doors they open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to do. Yeah, yeah. And it just takes time, and we are people that don't <laughs> like to wait. But it does. <laughs> so um, I don't know if that answers it, but I think it, it varies. Um, and and trying, yeah, trying to force it may be not the easiest thing
0: to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's really
0: helpful. You know, you talked about uh, discovering your gift of teaching, and 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 how did you authorize yourself to translate that? Because, you know, one of the things I'm curious about and, and want young adults to think about is oftentimes there's not a, already a vocation that exists or a, a job or a position that exists that we can imagine would just pull us, you know, pull the passion and the gift. You know, the, sometimes that stuff needs to be created. Mm-hmm. And uh, with you starting the Twin Cities Movement chaplains, how did you authorize yourself to take that giftedness and create something that, um, You know, and what wisdom would you share with other young adults who might be listening where they might find something that exists already that allows them to do that? But but a lot of them, especially if they're women or people of color or people of ethnic backgrounds, to find the authorization in a white supremacist world to go ahead and create what needs to be created.
2: Yeah. You know, I didn't, well, I, I guess I, I didn't ask, but yeah, I did. I guess right. They told me, <laughs> they told me to go ahead and do it, but I um, thought, <laughs> but not in that way, but I, you know, um, it was, for me, it was just finding my voice. I'm a, I'm an empath, right. And I really feel, and if you know me well enough, um, I really take in a lot, you know, I don't, sometimes I show it, sometimes I don't, I cry a lot. Um, <laughs> And, but the thing that I that I recognized is, is, was that, um, I had to believe myself. Mm -hmm. I had to find that confidence, which I never fully had Mm -hmm. confidence in myself, in my knowledge and what I knew. And for me in seminary was, um, they really make you learn, you know, like discern and learn how to just talk about you because that's important because you begin to realize when you start to to say it. I am good at teaching. I mean, that is my love. I it is it and I look back in my life, I've always navigated into a way of of being in community through teaching people, not forcing my knowledge, but sharing it. Mm -hmm. And that's the blessing of what I learned from my elders and my mom and people. But it was that, and it was because of that, and beginning to name it and saying, I am a teacher. That's right. Now, how do then do I? I gave myself permission. I don't need some white guy to tell me, you can do this. And that's pretty much what happened for the most part, and I started it, right? And there are people who wanted to say, well, can we do this? And what if we did this instead and we could, no. You know, ain't your vision. (laughs) Right. And, And- um, and if people wanted to try it, they went their own way. Right. But it was, I created that for myself, but it was naming it and saying it and believing it was the other thing. Yeah. I did say it for a while and I didn't believe myself Yeah, you know, because I'm so used to telling, hearing people tell me how I should be, what I should yeah. be like, what I should think, how I should dress. And, um, I've only just within the last few months, just became more bold and saying you can't this is this is me yeah. you're gonna either you like it or you don't and that's okay I'm, I'm I don't get as hurt I still get hurt but not you know so it was it's about for me it's I think for people is naming that giving yourself that permission to be fully you and 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 molding what that is then that you need and then that, that's what I said and I think those opportunities open up I think the bright people come into your life I think you know all a sudden God is just wicked awesome and 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 it's just how things come into that yeah, and you right. just see it um so yeah I, it's it's all about that confidence in you and naming it and saying it and believing it
0: thank you thank you so much
2: this
1: has been really great i really appreciate it. yeah thank you so much for all that you that you've shared and are there any uh any final words you things we didn't ask that you wanted to talk about or i was in this call and And the person completely
2: singled me out um, who was leading this call. And I was there to support someone else, right? And I was there to support them. And that was all it was. It wasn't about me, it was, but there was some stuff. And this person made it all about me and making sure that I was completely separated from the rest of the people on that call. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, no, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to let someone dictate. you know, who I am, how I'm going, you know, how I'm going to be, or that, that the wisdom that I have, that I carry is, is not acceptable because it is, right. I, I've learned through so many people, you know, this interfaith chaplains, I've learned so much from each person I have had a conversation with. And I've pretty much had one-on-ones with every person that has come through, you know, over 400 people. And so it was, Seeing this world, the beauty of the gifts that all these people bring, and yeah, not everybody is going to accept you, or um, they're going to try and put you in a box. Mm-hmm. And it took some time for me to find my voice, but I stepped out of that box, and it's possible, right? And it is because I think we're in a world now where we can, mm-hmm. like we really can, and and um, it's a scary, it's a scary thing to do, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we need more people to do that so that others follow suit, right? That others begin to follow that path uh, of yeah. learning to be who they are. You know, and um, it's not an easy thing. And I just think that community, learning building your community, learning who you are and and learning your body and seeing the world as as something that you are beautifully created to be in a part of. Right. Right. See the world. Doing those things, I'm not saying it's an easy, easy way to to, to navigate, but it it helps, I think, right. and, and empowers you. So find those people that empower you. Don't force yourself into something because you have to, mm-hmm. um, and don't let those people who try to box you or push you out be the ones to to tell your story. You're the we're the people in charge of our own story, mm-hmm. right?
1: Amen. Or a creator, and that's that's what we need, so yeah, hey amen. And I, say. <laughs> that's all I gotta say, it's been amazing having this conversation with you today. Yeah. We're, just, we're just grateful.
0: Thank you for being with us and for agreeing to do this. And I really appreciate being a part of this conversation.
1: Yeah.